0: Hey, of all the things you've got going on today, thank you for including us in your day. Welcome to The Quest. It's always good to be together, especially if you're checking us out. If you're checking us out, we encourage you to scan the QR code that's right there. That QR code will pop up a link. That link will give you information about who we are as a church. It'll help you understand maybe our vision, help you connect with us if that's something you want to do. We also understand there's a lot of people that watch from the back row. In other words, they want as little human contact as possible. And if that happens to be you, we understand. When you are ready to connect with us and you want to connect with us, That QR code is probably the best way to do that. Also, we want to remind everybody that all of our talks are available in podcast form. All you have to do is search Fresno Quest Church, and you will find us there. All right, before we get into the talk today, I want us to pray together. I don't know what's going on in your day, but I know God does, and I know that God is watching over you. I know that God is interested in you and interested in your day, and so it's always good to kind of surrender ourselves, not kind of, but surrender ourselves to God, and at the same time, open our hearts and say, God, you know, it's, I need to hear from you. And, and that's what this opportunity is. So let's pray together. Father, we love you and thank you so much for your goodness to us and your love to us, love that we do not deserve. And, and today we just surrender ourselves to you. We surrender our day to you. We surrender our activities, our anxieties, and our worries, our cares, and all of the stuff that we've got going on in our lives, our fears. And Father, we ask that you would Take what we cannot control and that you would, in turn, give us peace, your peace, as we trust in your control in the activities of our world, in the activities of our day, in the activities of our life. Father, I just surrender to you our hearts, surrender to you my thoughts, and I ask that you would speak to us today. Father, that you would speak into our lives and that you would encourage us and that you would just remind us how great you are and how much you love us. Father, remind us that you have equipped us for what you've called us to do. And Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this time we get to be together. Bless it, we ask in your name, amen. So we're continuing a series that we've been in titled Ghost Stories. Great series, and if you've missed any of it, I encourage you to go back and to listen to the ones that you have missed. If you've ever been camping or maybe it's just around a campfire, you find yourself telling ghost stories and they usually include a flashlight that casts long shadows and then you have the darkness of night and the uncertainty of sounds and it it always creates fear. They're usually stories of tragedy that's happened to somebody just like you who's happened in a place just like where you're at. The story might include a sighting of paranormal activity something not of this world, something different, something unexplainable, and that creates uncertainty and gets everyone freaked out. I think the same thing tends to happen when people start sharing ghost stories about the Holy Spirit. Stories we hear can create confusion and apprehension, and then these stories that scare us we hold on to, and they become our stories too. The truth is, most people have ghost stories. Most of us have stories about the Holy Spirit. Things we don't understand about the Spirit. Things that might cause some apprehension about the Spirit. But this is a series about the not-so-scary stories of the Holy Spirit. As we look at the life-changing and life-giving stories about the Holy Spirit, One of the things I want to keep in front of us throughout this series, and that's this. We all come from different places. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different belief systems maybe that we grew up with. And so from those belief systems, from those denominations maybe that you might have belonged to, what gets shaped in us is a belief about the Holy Spirit. And a point that we need to remember, you can write this down, is we can't let ghost stories of others hinder our experience with the Holy Spirit. Seriously, Jesus provided the Holy Spirit to you and for you. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need His power, His presence, His strength, His life. We need Him to do what Jesus commanded us to do. We need the Holy Spirit so that we can be who Jesus called us to be, not from a place of pride. Listen, this has nothing to do with how great we are because the Holy Spirit in us. In fact, an important point to write down is this. The Holy Spirit in me doesn't make me better than anyone. It makes me better than me. It makes me better than my old self without the Holy Spirit. I desperately need the Holy Spirit because without Him, I will go back to my old way of life. I will succumb to my sinful nature. The Holy Spirit doesn't make us better than the world. The Holy Spirit makes us different than the world. So last week we looked at the gifts of the Spirit and why they're so important in our lives. And if you didn't take a gift assessment test if you didn't get one when you were at the quest i want to encourage you you can go to our website fresnoquest.com and on the resource page there's a gift assessment test there that you can download and that you can take for yourself please take the test because knowing our gift is so important for the ministry that god's called us to but something i want to point out though our gifts are important you can write this down the gifts of the spirit without the fruit of the spirit are useless Just a reminder, the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit are totally different. And while you have one or two gifts of the Spirit, as a Christian, you are to have all the fruit of the Spirit. But again, the gifts of the Spirit without the fruit of the Spirit are useless. As we looked at last week, God gives every Christian supernatural gifts to do supernatural things in the body of Christ, the church. But without the fruit of the Spirit, these gifts that are given to us are ineffective. You might remember in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says this, he says, If I had the gift of being able to speak in other languages without learning them, and I could speak in every language there is in all of heaven and earth, but didn't love others, I would only be making noise. If I had the gift of prophecy and knew all about what is going to happen in the future, knew everything about everything, but didn't love others, what good would it do? Even if I had the gift of faith so that I could speak to a mountain and make it move, I would still be worth nothing at all without love. If I gave everything I have to the poor, and if I were to be burned alive for preaching the gospel but didn't love others, it would be of no value whatever. And this brings up an important issue you can write down. The gifts without the fruit mean that we are living from our human nature rather than our spiritual nature. And I believe that this is a problem that we see when the gifts of the Spirit are misused. Let's say that there's a gift of healing, and it's used without the fruit of the Spirit. The person with the gift makes it a show. You might have seen that with maybe some faith healers. The gifts flow from our egos, not the Spirit. It doesn't matter what gift you've been given. Without love, our gifts become about us rather than God and others. Love is the essence of the fruit of the Spirit. If you keep reading in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul describes what love looks like when he says love is patient and love is kind and so on. He begins to describe the fruit of the Spirit. Something I consider to be more than semantics is it's called the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. Fruits tends to imply that there's more than one and we can pick and choose and we might have one and not another, but the fruit of the Spirit is the essence of love. It's the description of love. I made this point last week that the gifts of the Spirit are not given to us because we're spiritually mature. And I wanted to clarify that a bit for you this week with this point. The gifts of the Spirit display my ministry. Spiritual fruit displays my maturity. The fruit of the Spirit is developed in us as we develop, grow, and mature as followers of Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is not an option. It's an essential part of the Christian experience, our Christian lives. It may develop at a different rate in some people than in others, but it must be developing. So I want to look at the fruit of the Spirit today, but I want to look first at why is this so important in our lives? First of all, you can write this down. The fruit of the Spirit is important because the fruit of the Spirit is the character of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that shapes within us the character of Christ. On our own, we cannot become like Jesus. So in Romans when it says, for from the very beginning God decided that those who would come to Him, and all along He knew who would, should become like His Son. This is a reference to the working of the Holy Spirit in our life. We're talking about a new nature, a new temperament, new personality, new disposition. So what that means, and you can write this down, the fruit of the Spirit is the character that shapes our actions. If the character of Christ being shaped within us has no expression from us, what good is it? It's of no use. If there's no action that reflects the character of Christ within us, what that means is we continue to function in our sinful nature rather than our spiritual nature. Also, the fruit of the Spirit is important because of this. The fruit of the Spirit identifies me as a child of God. When we live with the fruit of the Spirit expressed in our lives, it shows that we have been born of God It shows that we have new life. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. See, at some point, we're going to have to decide who and what identifies us. Do we want to be identified with the culture? Do we want to be identified with our friends? Do we want to fit in with our friends? Do we want to be identified with Christ? See, when we want to be identified with Christ, then we love like Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is also important because of this. The fruit of the Spirit blesses others. See, our sinful nature lives to please ourselves. What we want, we process life through our desires, our agenda. God's Spirit in us seeks to bless God and bless others. We live with a new purpose. Love God and love others. I think this is where the rubber meets the road because I become a faithful friend. I become a faithful husband. I become a faithful father. I put the needs of my spouse and others before my own needs. See, the Spirit in us changes our disposition and our way of thinking. All of the fruit of the Spirit is directed towards others. The fruit of the Spirit is also important because the fruit of the Spirit makes me a light to the world. Jesus said that followers of Christ are to be a light of the world, a light to the world, an expression of God to others. Jesus said in Matthew 5, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The deeds of our lives reflect the fruit in our lives. And I think that this is important. The fruit of the Spirit makes us a light to the world because we're different than the world. What makes you personally different than the world? What causes you to stand out from the world? It's not that we're better than anyone, we're just different than everyone. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. We certainly mess up when we're not living to please the Spirit. But our goal and our focus is to live in a way that pleases the Spirit of God within us. And the Spirit in us produces character that we can't produce in and of ourselves. That makes us different. That's another important point. As we follow Christ and walk in the Spirit, He will grow this fruit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is always at work in you producing his fruit. And I want to challenge you to live in the tension of pleasing God's Spirit rather than doing what pleases you. So let's look at the fruit of the Spirit. And first of all, let me just say this. I could do a talk on each one of these, and I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to briefly mention them and talk just a little bit about them i'm not going to go into depth in this series so what is the fruit of the spirit first of all it's found in galatians 5 verses 22 and 23 it says but when the holy spirit controls our lives he will produce this kind of fruit in us love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control i want to remind us because god is the one shaping these qualities in us these character traits in us, they are much different than these quality traits in the world. See, these fruits of the Spirit change us. Rather than wanting to write people off, we want to do what's best for people. So what God is working in us, how God is shaping this fruit in our lives, is is this way. First of all, God is working in us a love that seeks the greatest good for those around us. He's also working in us a love that is free of attitudes and disrespect. An exuberance about life because we know that God in us is greater than what's going on around us. He's working in us peace that God is in control of what I can't control. He's working in us patient that trusts God's process and timing. He's working in us kindness that seeks to care for the needs of those around me with compassion. He's working in me goodness that seeks to treat others the way that I want to be treated, the way that we want to be treated. He's working in us a faithfulness that seeks to be loyal and committed to others. He's working in us gentleness that seeks to understand others. And he's working in us self-control over our sinful desires and our selfish attitudes. That is the fruit that the Holy Spirit is producing in us. That is what he's working into our character, a character that is shaped after the character of Christ. Because these characteristics identify us. That's what Jesus said when he wrote this. He said, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, you can identify people by their actions. That's pretty sobering for us because what it tells us is that our actions identify our lives. It speaks into who we are. So if we want the fruit of the Spirit, how do we cultivate the fruit of the Spirit? Because we can't produce it. It's the Holy Spirit that produces it in us. I think the next two verses that describe the fruit of the Spirit give us an indication of what we need to do to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. And it's this. It says, And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So I think what it points out is this. If we're going to cultivate fruit, first thing we've got to do is we've got to live from the cross. See, first of all, when it comes to the cross, we identify with our Savior who died on the cross. And it's because of His death that we have life. But if we're going to cultivate fruit, then we have to live from the cross. In other words, we die to our passions and our desires. We live in the tension of keeping our passions and desires in check, and we do this daily. Jesus said this, he said, If anyone would come after me or follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. And Paul reiterates this point when he says this, I die daily. So when we live from the cross, what we're saying is we know what we're dying to. We're dying to those fleshly and selfish passions and desires. And that's an ongoing process in our life. Another way that we cultivate fruit is this way. We live engaged with the Spirit. We're walking with the Spirit. We're keeping in step with the Spirit. We're trusting the Spirit. We're doing life with the Spirit. We're not fighting Him, but we're engaged with Him. Galatians 5.25 says, If we live by the Spirit, then let us also keep in step with the Spirit. I have a six-month-old dog, and technically he's still a puppy. I take him on walks almost every day but he still hasn't learned to walk with me with the leash he's always trying to pull me he's running ahead of me he's overwhelmed with all the odors and the smells and he seems to go after each and every one of them he just follows any and every distraction that's around him for all intents and purposes I'm not walking this dog he's walking me and again he's six months old so he's learning but he's not walking engaged with me, he's fighting me in the walk. He hasn't learned to walk with me at my pace so that there's no tension on the leash. With this dog, there's a constant tension on the leash because he's constantly fighting to go in different directions. He's not letting me lead him and he's not keeping in step with me. So he's not relaxed and and there's a lot of anxiety. I think that's how we tend to be with the Holy Spirit. It's easy to be led by the distractions in life than to keep in step with the Holy Spirit in our life. And because of the distractions and because we might be fighting the Holy Spirit, there's a, a tension in our life and an anxiety in our life, which means we're not really in touch with the fruit of the Spirit in our life, because we're not walking with the Spirit. We continue to fight the Spirit. If we want to remove the tension in our lives and allow us to experience the fruit in our lives, we've got to live engaged with the Spirit. That, that might be a bad example, but it's an example that helps me understand it because I know there's a lot of times that I'm fighting God and I'm going in my own direction and I'm actually leading the Holy Spirit rather than letting the Holy Spirit lead me. And, and I tend to live engaged with the distractions around me rather than engaged with the Spirit and trusting the Spirit. The Spirit is shaping this fruit in your lives, this character in your lives, the character of Christ in your life, and I wanna encourage you to surrender to that and allow it to identify you and to allow the Holy Spirit to fully shape these in you. Learn to trust Him. Engage with the Spirit in the activities of your life. Don't get caught up with the distractions. Don't get caught up with your own agendas. Ask what the Spirit is doing. Be in tune with what the Spirit wants to do In your life rather than what you want from life I just want you to understand the process of this and how the Holy Spirit works in us so that we're not fighting the Spirit but we're allowing the Spirit to have his full work in our lives and to shape in us this character of Christ that we so desperately need in our lives for the times that we live in for the relationships in our life and of course this doesn't happen without first surrendering our lives to Christ, without first putting our faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross. I know I say this every week because it's important every week. And this is about the gospel of Christ, that there is hope for all mankind. When we put our faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross for us, when we believe that he died for our sins and that he rose from the dead, the scripture says that we step into relationship, that we are saved that we become children of God. And if you want to begin that relationship today, I want to encourage you to talk to the Father. He's listening right now, so let's do that. Father, we come to you, and first of all, those that are want to begin this relationship with you, those that want to come to you and make you the center of their lives as they put their faith in your son Jesus and what he did on the cross, that he was raised from the dead and given new life, and his new life becomes our new life. Father, I ask that you would breathe new life into them today, and that you would give them new purpose and give them a new passion for life. Father, that you would put within them your spirit, and that your spirit would shape them and mold them and create in them the fruit that they could not produce in themselves, the character of your son, Jesus. Father, help all of us in this process. Help us to surrender and live engaged in the process. Help us to live engaged with your spirit, to keep in step with your spirit, to trust your spirit within us, to allow your spirit to do his work in our lives, to keep us free from the distractions in life and to make your purpose our purpose. Father, help us to live from the cross, to die to ourselves and our desires. Father, we so desperately need that in our lives. Father, thank you for providing your spirit to shape in us and form in us what we could not do in and of ourselves. We give your spirit free access, full access to do in us what he wants to do. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to reiterate that this is a process, that there is going to be success and failures, that this doesn't just happen overnight. This is a process in our lives that we need to continually allow the Spirit to develop because we're maturing and we're growing. And you might not be able to see the difference in your life maybe between today and yesterday, but as you look back months and as you look back years, you should be able to see that you're becoming more loving, more patient, more joyful, exuberant with life. All of the fruit that God wants to shape within you. Just know that that's what God's doing in you today, tomorrow, and throughout the rest of your life. Before we go, I just want to remind you, if you're not in a connection group, a small group, I want to encourage you to get into one. We all were shaped for community, for relationships. We need other believers to walk with us, pray with us, and encourage us, to practice the one another's with us. We desperately need that. And if you're not in a connection group, I want to encourage you, scan the QR code. That QR code will pop up a link. That link will get you connected with our connection groups and give you information so that you can get plugged into one. I also want to thank each and every one of you for your financial gifts as you support the Quest Church and, and the vision that God has given to us. For those of you that give to the Quest, thank you so very much. I just want to encourage you, if you're not giving, that you take steps in giving to God. And if you'd like to give financially, that QR code is the way to do that. If you have prayer needs in your life and you want someone to pray with you, we would love to do that. We would love to get others to be praying for you. Again, the QR code is the means by which we are able to connect and engage and encourage one another and walk together spiritually with one another. So if you need someone to pray with you, please scan the QR code.